0: you for tuning in to another episode of highly functional this is brian showman and i am joined today by spartan elite alex walker alex and i had a really fun conversation all about her life what motivates her and what keeps her driving every single day throughout the conversation we also discussed the great reminder that everybody starts from somewhere essentially from the beginning and we don't all become amazing athletes overnight. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find Alex's story highly valuable. So let's tune in. Alex, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. I'm super excited to have you on here. I talked to Faye recently and she was telling me how awesome you are and that I had to connect with you. So I'm super excited to talk to you, um, have you share your story, and uh, just really dive into who you are as a racer and as a human. Um, But let's just start at the beginning essentially. Who are you and how did you get into OCR?
1: Well, I'm Alex Walker. I live in San Antonio and I got into obstacle racing kind of fell into my lap. They were doing a Tough Mudder, um, in Houston and I had some friends that talked about it. So I was like, you know what? I like trail racing. I like running. So let's go ahead and try this. So I signed up. Um, I did an open heat. I didn't know they, and at the time, I guess Tough Mudder didn't have competitive heats then, but, um, I realized not a lot of people were running. Everybody was doing a lot of walking and talking and hanging out and helping each other over obstacles, which I still had fun doing it. But I was like, man, this is a little different than what I thought it would be. So then I had discovered Spartan Race and I had went to Dallas to do their beast. um, And it was more competitive, a lot more running going on, which at the time I still hadn't discovered the elite beats. I just knew of the open. Um, but it was fun. I kind of went the day before and that's where I found out they had like the pros run in the morning. Um, so that was kind of neat and I failed so many obstacles. I couldn't get up a rope. I couldn't go across monkey bars. Like there was a lot to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a, uh, humbling
0: experience at the first race. That's for sure.
1: Oh yeah. Like when people tell me things now, like they're like, oh wow yeah, you can do it so easily. And I'm like, yeah, but there was a time that I couldn't do it at all.
0: I think it's something that like people forget or just don't realize that like, just because you're at the level you are, I'm at the level that I am with what I do that like, we didn't get here overnight. (laughs) It took a lot of work and a lot of effort to get here.
1: Of course. I mean, you see people where they just like naturally, you know, like Rebecca Hammond, where they jump in and they're just really good at it and naturally can do all that stuff. But I definitely was not that person. I couldn't get over walls by myself. I couldn't climb a rope. Uh, but I'm very competitive. So I went home, did my homework, found a gym that does obstacle um, racing type training here outside of San Antonio power park fitness. And I went out there and they taught me how to climb a rope and do all those fun things. So.
0: Do you still do some training there or now that you kind of learned all those, the, those skills, have you moved on from there?
1: No, I still train there every, pretty much every weekend, probably twice, three times a week if I can get out there, but definitely once a week I do go out there. They have a full outdoor gym and then they have a ninja gym inside.
0: Very cool. How long did it take you to learn some of those skills? Um, especially like rope climbs, getting over walls, some of those things that pretty much, I don't know, maybe 50% of the people in OCR struggle with.
1: Um, it was pretty quick, honestly, instantly, but that's, I'm one of those people, if I can see you do it and just kind of watch your technique, I'll pick it up. Okay. So as soon as like, You know David Yarder, who owns Power Park, he jumped on the rope and he showed me um, the J-hook and then the S. um, And then I realized the J-hook was more for me. Um, I was able to just climb right up and and see what what happens from there. (laughs) I like that. See what happens. I mean, I'm not one afraid to fall off of things. I grew up riding horses, um, show jumping. So if you fall, you just tuck and roll.
0: (laughs) As long as gravity doesn't win when you're at the top, we are good.
1: Yeah. What
0: was your background prior to starting OCR? Um, Were you a runner? Were you involved in things that like had you climbing, or what did that look like?
1: I uh, I rode horses up until I got married, and then when I got divorced, I had moved back to Texas. I lived in Oregon for a little bit. I picked up running with some local friends and. That's pretty much all we did is we, I mean, we could barely run a mile. It was so funny to look back on us now because most of us do have marathons now, um, but we couldn't run a mile and we just slowly started picking up, joining a 5K and a 10K. And I mean, we were super slow. We thought running 30 minute 5K was like the coolest thing in the world. So um, I picked it up there and then slowly realized that I liked running and I used it as therapy to kind of get my stress out and uh I just kind of fell in love and I guess addicted to it um I went to trail racing and then I kind of fell in love with the ultra world and running you know 50 miles plus and just kind of getting faster and and more endurance
0: what's kind of your either best and or favorite race distance
1: um I like the beast uh sprints are rough because you're pretty much your heart rate is in your head for the whole entire three miles and any mistake can pretty much ruin the entire race. Uh, so I I like supers and beast distances because you can come back from a failure or if you mess up or anything happens. So those, I would say those two.
0: Yeah. They're definitely more forgiving races or distances. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Definitely. like the mountains more than I like flat too. I seem to, to do better and I don't even live where there's mountains, but, uh, just from last year, Tahoe, I got fifth. And um, even in the series for the Spartan series, I did better in the mountains than I did when we were on the flat courses. It's really interesting
0: because I was going to make that comment before you did that. You don't live around mountains. So what do you think it is with your training or maybe just you personally that helps you excel at mountains uh, rather than flat?
1: Um, I would say it's Yancey's training that does most of it. I kind of have an incline trainer, so I sit at 10 to 15% almost all my training a lot of the time. Um, I do live in the hill country, so I do have a couple trails I can hit where I can get at least 2,000 feet of elevation gain in a little less than 12 miles. Okay, that's not too bad then. Yeah, and a lot of tire pooling. That helps me <laughs> out too. <laughs>
0: That will definitely help strengthen the power in the legs.
1: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I actually curse at my tire. His name's Voldemort. (laughs) I'm not a big fan, Uh, but I do it.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. With your training, you are a single mom, a mom of a teenager, which means he has a lot of things going on in his life with his schedule as well. Being a full-time mom, being a full-time um, full-time in dentistry. What does a training schedule look like for you?
1: I fit it in wherever I'm open. Um, so if I have time during my lunch to go get in a run, I'll go do that. And then if I have time, I usually fit in my training in the afternoon. So my son likes to do theater. So if I, he has like theater practice, I'll go run while he's at practice. So we figure out how, when he's doing something, I can go get in an hour to two hours worth of work. Seeing you excel like you
0: have and train like you have, has he taken to running or OCR at all, or he wants nothing to do with it? What does that look like?
1: Um, you know, he likes doing it, but he's not competitive. So, it, it, to him, it's fun. It's nothing. He he likes sports, but he's not one side of him. He didn't get from me is the competitive side. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he'll. Pick up anybody's sandbag and help them when he's out there. So that's awesome. Yeah. We need I'm always like, no, in the world put, too. put it down, don't help them. And he's like, oh, <laughs> they need help. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> hey, we need those people in the world
0: too. It's okay.
1: Yeah, it is okay. It's cute <laughs> to watch that he's that sweet.
0: Absolutely. What drives you? What keeps you going with your training and with your racing, um, especially during these times when? Right now, as we speak, there are no races going on in the, you know, fairly near and somewhat distant future. Um, what keeps you motivated to continue your training?
1: Hi. Right now, if you were asked me what motivates me today, it has to be stress, stress from work, stress from what's going on. I just want to get out there, and if I can do anything, is just get my heart rate up and and do something with it but normally it's just being competitive with myself and beating myself so taking away racing let's just say it never even existed I would still be training the same way I do now that's cool
0: what then drives you like during rate or when there are races when we aren't dealing with as much crazy stress as we are right now what drives you in those times
1: oh man I always pinpoint certain people and I just want to beat them Um, I love them off the course. They're all my friends. But on course, I'm like, I haven't beat you yet. So I'm going after you. Or I'm like, okay, I just need to stay ahead of this person and this person and I'm good. Make a big gap.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely important, especially on those longer races, like just having, you know, picking people off or having that one person to stay ahead of can definitely be a very helpful thing.
1: And I like to beat the boys. I'm not going to lie. There's guys that always say like their goal is to make sure I don't pass them. And when they tell me that before a race, I'm like, okay, what I'm going to pass you by this mile is my goal. <laughs> so
0: I totally get that because I remember in high school, there was some of the guys I ran with that's like, you could tell as you approach them, they started speeding up to try to keep up and then they would die. So it always make me laugh. <laughs> oh, those are the best. You train by yourself most days, correct? Yes. Okay. What are you? What's going through your head at those times when you're training to keep yourself pushing? Because I know a lot of times when we train by ourselves, it can be tough to motivate ourselves to push ourselves just that little bit harder. So what? What keeps you motivated during those times when you you know are just having to push yourself?
1: Um, If I have a really hard workout or I have like a pace I need to keep, I tend to go find um, places that have like different kind of Stravas. um, And I try to beat whatever Strava, either get a crown or beat my previous time on them. So that's what motivates me at those times. It's okay. Right now I'm active. So I need to get as fast as I can to beat my previous time. Um, And then I just think about people that I race that I like to beat or haven't beaten yet are always in my head during those periods to be honest (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Um, and if I'm on my treadmill I watch all the Spartan lives like I could probably (laughs) repeat them word for word what's going to happen and everybody in it and where they placed oh my gosh (laughs) so if we had a Spartan trivia for the US series for the last couple years I think I'd win
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. And you've been pretty lucky as far as no major injuries with all your racing, correct?
1: Yeah, I definitely haven't had anything that's put me out. I mean, I do have things that hurt every once in a while or nag a little bit, but luckily I have a chiropractor office that takes care of me and fixes those things before they become an issue. Awesome.
0: What do you think it is with I mean, some people are just very, I won't say injury prone, but deal with a lot more issues than others. What do you think it is with your training that keeps your body in such a good state that you don't have those nagging injuries that a lot of other people deal with?
1: I don't know. It's a really good question because I think about that all the time. Like some people, it's like the same injury over and over again. And other people, it's just different things. But I don't know. I guess I try to think that my body's like a tonka trunk and it's just going to keep going. <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'm going to start falling apart. It just hasn't happened yet.
0: (laughs) And it probably does help that you do stay on top of it too. A lot of times when we start feeling those nagging things, it's, you know, what goes through people's heads is, oh, it'll go away. And then two months later, it's still not gone away. Um, Rather versus you get in right away or fairly right away to your chiropractor to take care of those things.
1: Yeah, I think my biggest fear is I never want to be put out of a race. And if I can like if that comes down to it where like I can't race, I think I would probably have a little bit of a sad meltdown. So I think I'd stay on top of it for that reason because I don't want to ever have FOMO of other people racing. Yeah, absolutely. I completely understand that. How much of your
0: kind of going back to your running as your therapy and you know, especially how that's how you started running? how much of running is still a, ther- a point of therapy versus more of a training and competitive nature type of training?
1: Um, I would still say a good part of it because we don't run every single day hard, even though I would love to. Um, so I have to remind myself on the easy days that those are the days that I can kind of pick apart my brain and use it as my therapy, whether I'm out there and, and, you know, I'm, work full-time and I'm a parent full-time. So I kind of have to put that aside during my runs. And that's where I use that time to like find that calmness and, and kind of sit there and and breathe. Um, and then on the hard days, take out whatever frustration I have.
0: So it's a mix of being a meditative run and a de-stressing run, (laughs) highly de-stressing run.
1: Yes. (laughs) So like, Probably this week, I'll probably have a little more high-intensity runs just because, you know, right now we can't work in the dental field, so I have a little more frustration to take out and a little more time on my hands, so I'll put in a little bit more miles than I normally would. Yeah.
0: I'm discovering this increased time could be a bad thing for me as I'm doing, like, double workouts and longer <laughs> workouts every day, So, which is fun for me, but my body may not appreciate that in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll probably be a little more tired because a lot of us are probably going to be doing a lot more running. <laughs> <laughs> right. So true. I
0: want to kind of talk about something that we kind of brushed on, but I think it's really important to bring up and just, you know, r- remind people of, and maybe dive in deeper to, And, and that's just remembering that or the whole thought that we all start from a beginning and a base somewhere. Um, you know, I couldn't do pull-ups when I started, I couldn't rope climb, I couldn't do handstand push-ups. Um obviously my my you know, I couldn't climb walls either. And I think people just see good athletes a lot of times and you know, think that we just got here overnight or that we were just that good, and majority of the time that's not true. And I think it's just a it's an important conversation and important important thing to have because so many people do get injured essentially trying to push that level when they aren't ready to.
1: Yeah. It, it takes time. I think people, you know, one of the biggest things I always look back at, or I, I try to phrase too is that Matt Frazier, like he talks about what he does in his garage or where he works out, like what he, he works so hard by himself. People don't always see that part of it. And then he's, you know, the CrossFit world champion three or four times. Um, so people forget that like, there's a bunch of work that was put in that you may have not seen and they just get to see what you do when you get to a race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, same thing. Um, Rich Froning prior to him being the champion for four years in a row, it's like every night he was like, well, everyone else is probably sleeping. So I'm going to go do a 2k row and get, you know, one up on them. And Yeah, we don't see kind of that that other side of things so often. We don't hear those stories often, and so, um, yeah, we just see we see that big day of the amazing event.
1: I mean, we all pretty much do the same kind of training. We run, we rock climb, we lift weights. But at the end of the day, it's what little portion that you might do more than someone else that might get you to gain a little bit more. Whether that's mental. Um, And that workout just mentally got you there or that workout physically got you more than someone else. I mean, you're always constantly off seasons, the worst, because you're like, man, I bet someone's putting in so much work and it's so much more than mine. And then you're always worried about it. And then you get to the first race and then you're like, okay, now I know where I stand with everybody, which I have not gotten to race this year. So I don't know where I stand. (laughs)
0: it's crazy I was just talking to someone yeah my friend yesterday about it and it's like by the time I mean a lot of people have had one or two races under them since we did get through you know the through February but essentially by the time we start racing and it's like it's just a brand new season and it's going to be crazy to see where everybody's at at that point
1: oh it's definitely going to be a whole whole new season I think I've only done High Rocks this year, but that doesn't really tell you where you are at for obstacle course racing. And then San Antonio was about to happen, but the day before they had to cancel it. Yeah, Um, so that's right. I don't know. It should be interesting. And it's interesting what Spartan will do with all the series now, because if we're not able to race Big Bear, the Mountain Series is out. The U.S. Series is kind of already a mess because Seattle's gone. Montana's gone. So I don't know kind of messy. Well,
0: and I can't, I mean, right now, big bears out of the, that date range, but like, I can't imagine coming off of not racing for three months and going and racing big bear. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't even know why I like that mountain so much because I did it last year and I I hated it during, but like, I am excited to go back there. So I'm crossing my fingers. It doesn't get canceled, but I totally get if it doesn't because I I see this lasting till June to be honest.
0: I agree. I I in my head I think everything through May in all sorts of all races are gonna be canceled. Yeah. I actually had high I was supposed to do High Rocks this coming Saturday and I'm so bummed that it's canceled. I was really excited for, for that race.
1: I recommend it to anybody. Like it was such a cool I mean it's not something I have a passion for. Um, but I had so much fun for it. Um, so people, everybody should try it. It is just such a neat little, little thing they have going on.
0: I like the concept of it and how everything's just very, you know, equally spaced apart and it's very, very CrossFit meets OCR. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's a really cool,
1: cool event. And I like that as a runner, you can't come in and dominate it. Like you have to be able to push heavy weight around Mm -hmm. and, also do a bunch of wall balls.
0: Yeah, um I can't remember whose post it was I saw after she did hyrox and she was not a crossfitter so she's never really done wall balls and she it was basically the wall balls and the sled is what crushed her because of just not having that experience in doing those at that weight. So it's pretty interesting to kind of see the different people and how they respond to it.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's very similar to the original TMX that they had done um, where the weights were heavy. And so you didn't have runners able to fly through that either. Cause you had to be able to pick up heavy weight and run at the same time. So I think it's cool. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Anything as you kind of start closing it out, anything when it comes to, um, uh, like training, competing, getting started in OCR that you just feels very, I don't know, either important or just kind of fun to to mention or bring up to people?
1: One, don't feel discouraged. We've all been in the place where we couldn't do something or we failed something. So two, I think getting a coach is the best thing you can do to kind of guide you through it, whether it is Yancey Camp or somebody else. Whatever you do, you do want somebody to hold your hand just to kind of figure it out. I'm not one that can make up workouts on my own, um, so I need somebody to tell me what to do. And, uh, I do recommend that and I just think have fun with it and it's never too late. Like you could be 30, 40, 50 years old, finding obstacle course racing, and it's still, you're not too late to be a competitive person. You don't have to be 22 years old jumping on the podium. You can beat your age group and have fun with it, but there's always time to come back and have, you know, be an athlete. Awesome. I love that
0: last part. Um. Because yes, it is something for all ages. That is for sure. Well, Alex, if someone wants to follow your journey, reach out to you, how can they find you?
1: Uh, Instagram's the best. I spend more time on there. So uh, it's Alexandra Celeste Walker. And if you have questions, you can always message me.
0: Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much for your time
1: today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had fun. And
0: that concludes this week's episode of Highly Functional. If you enjoyed it and found the information helpful, I invite you to head over to Facebook and join my group, Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, where you can both join your OCR tribe as well as find very helpful, useful information on how to become a more dominant racer, a more resilient racer, and truly race at your peak performance. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.